This is Bryce. It's your boy Scott. And this is Topical Rants, where we will be discussing at any given point in time all of those wonderful little questions we have about our favorite TV series, nerdy games, and all those wonderful things that you always go off on tangents with your friends on, but never get to go too far because somebody inevitably tries to cut us off. Also, while you're at it, you got to check out my boy Scott's uh, yeah. show. Yeah, go check out Travis Scott to the back rooms where we discuss everything back rooms up in there. You won't hear my voice when my voice sounds like ass, but I think you'll like it anyway. All right, and with that being said, let's get into the topics. Hey, welcome back. This is Bryce. This is Ernesto Esteban, a.k.a. Scotty with the body. What the fuck did you just? <laughs> I gotta beat the hell out of I you. I gotta keep you on their toes. Don't know who you're talking to. Which one? I got like twelve niggas as personalities. I don't. <laughs> I don't even know who the fuck I'm talking to anymore. What the hell are you doing? Who am I? That is not my problem. All right. However, what are we talking about today? Today we're gonna be talking about a anime from the 1980s, Bubblegum Crisis. You already know. Boomer episode. I was. <laughs> you have no idea how right you are. <laughs> and the best part is, is that this is one of the original cyberpunk animes. This is actually one of those wonderful genre-defining types where we have four female protagonists that are constantly working against evil corporatists, trying to take over the world and sell off massively dangerous war machines called boomers. I never watched it. Are you dead ass? I'm dead ass. Y'all, it is a boomer episode. <laughs> uh, I told you, dumbass. Nice. All right, tell me more about this. I'm really into it now. <laughs> All right, so we got four female protagonists that are called the Night Savers. And what their kick is, is that the, the leader of the group, her dad was actually one of the lead developers for Boomers back when she was a little girl. What ended up happening is an accident happened while they were developing this particular type of military boomer, and he was killed in the explosion that happened. The Genom covered the company called Genom covered it up, and in the process, in the sketchy. case, it was some sketchy shit. In fact, it's not entirely it's not entirely stated that it was an intentional sabotage. For them to take the research data and move it to other companies, specifically for more test developments for military and um, illegal sales to other military applications. The corporation's gone too far. Corporatism going way too far. Way too far. Basically, this is the same situation that you delve into with the original Iron Man movie with Robert Downey Jr. When Obadiah Stane was actually backdoor selling to other countries the same weapons that he was selling to America. Same type of shit. Same shit, different. Ironmongers. Just to that extreme. So we're dealing with like a version of Mega Tokyo. And basically the lead the lead chick, uh, Celia, she is went after her father dies, apparently they don't explain how the hell this got to her or what all exactly happened, but the best we can guess is he kind of had something on the back end, assuming some shit bad, bad shit might happen, and he left his daughter designs for mecha suits that they could actually wear that would 
give them the ability to fight back against all these boomers and other various types of uh, problems that could occur. So it's like, hey, sketchy shit's going on. They'll say, my daughter, you're my only Obi-Wan can... Obi-Wan, yeah, he Obi-Wan can Obi her ass. <laughs> well, in the process, she decided to uh, make friends with one uh, one girl, Lena, mm-hmm. uh, another girl, Nene, and she works for what is called the AD Police or the Advanced Division Police, and they specialize specifically in boomer-related crimes, which is also where we meet our uh, other protagonist, Leon. Leon... Leon is a romantic interest for our fourth protagonist, Pris. Pris is the punk, no-nonsense rocker girl in the most literal sense as she is a literal rock singer and kind of operates very much in the same way that I would say um, 70s, 80s rocker... Ah, God, her name escapes me now. Yeah, very, very punk. Very hard punk. And, I mean, it's just kind of Joan Jett. She's very Joan Jett-like. Okay. And it just goes from there. And it's about, it's, the original series was about eight OVAs. And it basically details and highlights the series based off of these girls' lives. And they do a lot of storytelling in the 30 to 40-minute runtime of each episode. And it's really good. And the best part is these episodes, again, they, you know, in true anime fashion, they connect to one another. So what happens in one translates to the next. They have a wonderful musical score. Um, very, very good 80s techno punk rock. And it's all, I mean, it, it's also great because while I'm not necessarily the biggest on everything has to be like, I, I don't really care much for the whole everything needs to be female type shit. But this is one of those where the protagonists are all female and it makes sense. It's very well done and you don't get put off by the fact that there's a lot of female empowerment in this show. It's very natural. It flows very well and it makes absolute sense. You understand why them them being female doesn't matter. The reason why they're doing what they're doing makes 100% sense. Like, and it, it doesn't sense. take away like the 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 suspension of disbelief you would have with any other show like this is the exact same. You never get caught up in the well, they're female. It's you feel what these characters are feeling. You can actually put yourselves in their shoes, and it's great because it's it, it hits that same chord as like the Alien movies did, where Ripley was the sole survivor. In the first one, and then by the second one, she's this hard-ass, badass, you know, power chick, ready to fuck everything up, goes toe-to-toe, because she's just desperate, she's tired, she's had enough of the bullshit. And it, it worked great, because these characters, you can see it in every episode, they are earned, they've already earned their spurs by the time you even get to see them, but they never take that for granted and they continuously keep showing you more and more and they earn that respect throughout every single ova like, every character struggle you see the struggle the struggle's real like it doesn't matter it, even <clears throat> if it was a boy it doesn't change the story at all it wouldn't have made a damn bit of difference in fact That's there is to do it 
I mean, it makes no difference. They still get their asses whipped, and there's a lot of situations where they pull it up by the skin of their teeth. I mean, literally, it, it's they they down bad on a few of these, and it, it's so great because there is that character development. There's that struggle. There's there's biases even like they they outwardly show very strong biases towards certain things, and it. it it makes sense because you can sympathize, you can empathize, you can feel what these characters are feeling. And you can even agree, like, shit, this is some fucked up shit. Like, I would not be okay with this. And you understand their position on it. And they're not, and they, they never come across as, like, a type of Karen or anything. Like, it's never, there's no Mary Sue here. That's just the, that's just the person that they are. They are a well fleshed out part they 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 are a person they're very well fleshed out but there's no mary sue there is no all-powerful end-all be-all to these characters they have to work in a team of four and even then they still get the shit beat out of them they still have to work very hard and outthink and uh and work their ass off and it's not just obvious shit they have to really dig in and they still have outward support from other characters that uh, in inevitably aids them and lets them succeed where otherwise they would not have and it is male influence in there as well so at the end of the day you're never stuck with some female purely female empowerment style anime you're stuck with a the this could be real people doing real shit tr just fed up with the bullshit that they're fed with and living that struggle you never get caught up in the bullshit of, oh, it's a bunch of women. No, man. Fuck that. I Honestly, that's some badass women. I want them on my team any fucking day of the week. And we'll be onto the stupid son bitch that gets in the way. Because, oh my God, you, you don't want this. You don't want that smoke. All right, I do have a question, though. Go for it. Why is it called bubblegum crisis? Actually, uh... My wife asked the same question. So the best part is the original creator, when he said, when they created the Bubblegum Crisis series, when they said Bubblegum, was it supposed to have kind of a, like at the time for the 80s, it was kind of a, a punk feeling thing. Everything was like kind of bubblegum candy coated. And when they said that it, that and Crisis, it was the candy coated crisis. So it was basically like, Everything tries to sugarcoat the the truth and the reality of a situation, but at the end of the day, underneath all that, they're trying to sugarcoat and candy coat this major crisis that's going on, this threat to humanity, this threat to civilization, this threat to people. So at the end of the day, the name just kind of was what it is, Bubblegum Crisis. I like that. Subsequently, this series, while while originally developed in the 1980s, uh, went on to actually have a reboot series, which was Bubblegum Crisis 2040. All right. And basically, it's sort of a retelling of the same, not the exact same stories, but it is a retelling of the stories of these characters. So you still get uh, Celia, the leader, Lena, the the next chick in charge, more or less, uh, Nene, works for the AD police, and Pris, the singer, which is also kind of a hard-ass attitude I mean, you get the same vibe from, uh, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Very much a similar vibe in there. 
Okay. Not necessarily the archetypes of Leonardo the leader, Donatello the tech guy, Michelangelo the party, and Raphael the attitude, but the classic four man team. Basically. You do get a four man or a four woman team, and there is some pretty decent archetypes there, and it it they play well off of each other and into each other, and it's honestly it was one of the first anime I got to watch as a kid after uh, watch Vampire Hunter D. That was my first anime. Then I got to watch Bubblegum Crisis. And the only reason I even got that was because uh, we had a, I forget if it, what it was, a Hollywood video or something like that. And they had a small anime section. And the first three OVAs were there. And because nobody knew what the fuck anime was at the time, I was able to rent them without anybody really knowing. Because there was, there was like a parental warning on there, but nobody paid attention to that because they were like, oh, it's just cartoons. <laughs> yeah, nice. I, I was old enough to fall into that genre of things. Nice. So <laughs> that's how I got introduced to it. And I loved it. I fell in love with this because the visuals were beautiful. The animation was so is still so good. And, and there's, there's times where the animation does fall flat. It does lack in certain areas. And it's mostly in kind of dead zones where the action's not as prominent as the story. Mm-hmm. But there are times where the animation is so clean and detailed and just beautifully done that it it's like a living piece of art just flying across your screen. It is gorgeous. And you can tell the love and detail somebody put into these drawings and the overall sketch and artistry and the paneling that went through. It is just magnificent. And honestly, I I think that's why I didn't care as much for the 2040 episodes, uh, because it was part of that new, that new line of anime in the early two thousands where they were cell shading the hell out of everything Mm -hmm. and trying to just kind of bring back old properties. And it just, it fell flat for me then uh honestly it deserves me to go back and re-watch it now with fresh eyes and a little bit more understanding of how things are i i still feel like i won't enjoy it as much and because it had a darker tone to it i like the 1980s one because it had something of a it still had an upbeat feel to it like yeah the world's crashing down around us but we're still gonna keep that positive upbeat attitude and that's mostly because it was the 80s and everybody was more or less high on cocaine. Let's be real here. <laughs> like, I, I can admit it. The the attitude and the feel of things was probably a lot to do with everybody was high as fuck. And that translated into the art at the time. Let's well, be real. Well, as fuck, but guess what? We all still chilling anyway. We don't get our shit done. We could do it with a smile on Yo, our face. And I mean, <laughs> it's fair. It, it's fair and it's just what it was. But it was fun, and it was it kept that fun, upbeat attitude, and I like that. But I also like things getting dark and gritty because you know I'm a I I, I may have been born in the '80s, but I grew up in the '90s, as is so constantly pointed out to me by my wife. <clears throat> but I mean, I do love that Todd McFarlane gritty realism. Like I love Spawn. I love that kind of thing. I do love that gritty, dirty, nasty realism. Really dig in and just get to the the bone like, of everything. This is how it is. It and like is even 
like even more purely like damn like how fucking far does this go to the negative but at the same time i like the reverse i do still love no matter how bad it gets there's still so much positive to look at there's still we're still alive we're still here let's make the best of the situation and i like having that duality and i like it being there because it to me, it's what cleans everything up and makes a nice little mix. And you, you've seen how I cook. I love it when multiple mm. things come together and cook down into one really good meal. So for me, the constant contrasts really do it all justice. I don't like the 2040 version as much. I need to go back and watch it again to give it a fair shake. That's... That's normal. Most people who see like the original source and then watch like a new version of it, they yeah. all they all look at it that way. like they all come at it that way. Like, eh. yeah, and I mean, like I said, I need to go back and give it a fair shake with fresh eyes, and that's just being fair. Do I think I'm still going to enjoy it? Not as much. I think I'll like. I think I will definitely enjoy it better than I did at the time I watched it. Because I don't, I won't have the same kind of expectations going in. But for me, the original Bubblegum Crisis OVAs were just far and above some of the best animation you could have gotten out of the 1980s. Uh, even going into some of the 1990s, it was just a very well done story, well done animation. And I just, I, I couldn't rave enough about it. Like, it honestly has even inspired several uh, Shadowrun campaigns that I would love to run. Oh, yeah, we, as you probably heard before, we love D&D. D&D, Shadowrun, any tabletop we, RPGs. We love them. We, we love doing it. Um, as you think, most of our stuff, we always point out the world, like, the sadness is on point. That's everything we... We're big setting people. We we like people being people, like the setting being good, and it's and that's what I love about the show. The setting, even like the real world around it, it sounds like a dystopia. It's not though. It's not a dystopia. Like Mega Tokyo is actually a thriving city. It is it is Tokyo just brought to the ultimate concrete jungle. Like the buildings almost look metal. Like, it is that kind of... You've got robots doing things for you constantly. It is a very much futuristic utopia type. That's, <laughs> that's really cool. That makes it cool because this is not a dystopia. It's a normal world. It's, yeah, it, it's, it makes it that much more intense that it's a normal world. Like, what we got now. But when I like how we have corporate, corporate baddies doing things in the background same thing but, I mean, here you got, times 10 you got police with giant mech suits to deal with boomers and still failing you got uh a truck traveling with two or three cops in the back in gyrocopters that as the back opens up they do a gundam style mech like extension of the tail rotor the pod comes up like it's the blades pop up and eject out like Full on, that sounds cool. Heavy sound cool. mechanoid, mechanoid style, like not full on transformation, but extension, growing. I mean, it it's, and you can see a lot of the designs in this. You can tell, like even for um, Iron Man, 
stuff like that. You can see a lot of the influence of that in those shows. Yeah, you see these machines evolve, <laughs> basically. They just like add new pieces. They just becoming better. Yes, but are also just kind of where they close up, like uh, like with Transformers, how their bodies would change to meet a certain format, and they would compact and extract in another way. That's kind of what this is happening here, and it's in true Japanese format where the machines just kind of the blade, like the, the rotor section will pop up, the blades will eject up and extend out and then click into place together. Like, you can tell there was just a lot of thought put into how this would actually work and how this would run. And it, it's just so beautiful to watch. And the animation is just so clean and crisp in a lot of places. It, it's, it's very fun to watch. It's a very fun show. And even though the storyline can get can get deep to some degree, it's not super deep. It's not an overly involved anime per se. Like it's not hard to get the the overall story or message. It's really not, and it's great popcorn flick style anime. You just sit down, <clears throat> turn it on, chill. Yeah, this is an action anime through and through. There's some storyline to get you really deeply involved, but other than that, this is. This is meant to sit down, watch with some popcorn, a couple of sodas, maybe a few adult beverages if you like, and just enjoy the hell out of it. I can say this. I would definitely say this is at bare minimum PG-13. Bare minimum. Uh, honestly, I'd, I'd even say this is 17, 16, 17. Uh, there is brief nudity in a few places it's not overt it's not major but it's not uh it's not so it's not so simplistic as to just overlook it i would i i mean i agree i i honestly don't think that anybody under 15 should watch it uh unlike my goofy ass <laughs> who got a hold of it at 13 so uh impressionable youths should not be watching this but I mean, you know, parents guidance. But I mean, if you're if you're if you're 18 or older and you're you're just looking for a fun anime that really action packed, really kind of hits home. And I mean, take take it for what it is too, because like I said, uh, all politics and bullshit aside, I, I'm a big I, I'm I'm a capitalist type. You know, I'm I'm all for that, and I'm okay with it. I don't like corporatism. And this definitely speaks very much against that corporatism, corporatist overreach, and stuff of that nature. And, you know, you can really get behind it. No matter what your position is on things, or even from a political standpoint, you can really get behind this and go, whatever the hell is going on, there's a clear-cut bad guy. And the chairman of Genom is a complete douche nozzle. And this dude just... Eh. You sound fat. It is, and <laughs> you have some clear-cut rights and wrongs. Uh, you have a few moral gray areas, not too many. But, I mean, you can. it's not so bad that you couldn't make up your mind. You All could right. definitely still fall a certain way without feeling too terrible about it. I feel bad for these companies. They work so hard to get up 
No, you, you definitely feel you're definitely going to feel a certain way about what's going on. hundred percent. It And it's it's great because a lot of it definitely has real world overtones thrown on. It's a lot of real world overtones thrown on top of just extremely dramatic situations. So it's like a extreme social com social commentary. Pretty much. And it's just done in such a good way. Like, uh, there's definitely a lot of classism going on in there as well. And they they make it overt. Like, it is no bullshit outright classism. Uh, one of the biggest things I can say is that... Remember that this was made in the 80s. And this is also supposed to be depicted as being in Japan. So, when certain things happen in the show... The laws that would govern America does not apply. Do not necessarily apply the same way in Japan. On top of that, you also have to remember that this is back in the 80s. And even in America, a lot of things were still very wild west at the time. We really didn't start kind of solidifying and cleaning things up until around 2000. Because, I mean, hell, even the 90s. Had a mm. lot of problems. L.A. gang riots. I still re- fucking terrifying. I still remember reading and uh, watching the L.A. gang riots on TV. So, and this is very much in that realm of things because it still speaks to that. There are poor and impoverished people, and when you push them out of their their homes that they've worked hard to keep, when you push them out of their apartments, when you make them destitute and desperate. Or, God forbid, you do something shady and you accidentally or intentionally kill one of them. You're going to cause extreme problems and you're going to have dissent. You're going to have major problems. And you should. You, mm-hmm. If you do something that dirty, you definitely deserve to pay for what you did. 100%. Not like There's no gray area there. I don't care if you have the legal right to kick people out of their homes or not. When you do certain things... And you're doing it in the name of just pure money. Is and you're evil. not doing anything to help these people move on with their lives. It's evil. It's evil. And it's wrong. You shouldn't do... You can't just do that and expect people to be okay with it. Now, if people are going to be lazy and intentionally, willfully dense about moving on with their lives and trying to find a better situation no matter what you do for them, then there's the police. You let them deal with it. You, you do everything you can to not hurt people try to keep it as literally peaceful as you can even yes. if you have to get violence into it keep the violence to the absolute minimum well you let the police deal with that that's mm-hmm. what they're there for that's their job you do not physically go down there and start bulldozing oh, it's also goal for them too. keep the yeah i mean yes i agree the, well that's the whole job of the cops is to honestly de-escalate problems you're not you're a public servant you're there to serve the community not to berate and beat the hell out of people that's then the oath that they take mm-hmm. and for any of them to say otherwise would be disingenuous and an outright lie i've seen the policeman's oath in several different states it doesn't vary very too often it's not a big change but um all that being said is like you don't you don't just take a wrecking ball to uh an apartment building or a tank where there's possibly people inside 
And you don't just evict people and then tell them they don't even have the time or the right to go get their stuff out of their apartments because you literally just told them that day, you got to get out. And if you go in there, we're not responsible if you die. Uh, no. That that will cause people to um try 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 to murder you. And as a judge, you justified. know what? I'm I'm as a cop. I'd be like, I didn't see shit. Like I ain't seen. I'm sorry. I'd be, I'll I'll, I'll be the kind of cop that'd be like, right. oh look at that. That kid's over there near the building. Let me go get him out of the way real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna stop. Like, there's just a point where. He, there's karma and I will give the show this. It's very good with their karma. Um, They build up these extreme bad guys. All decision has weight to it. Yes. And let me be clear in real life people. I don't assume that I, are there people like this? Is it possible? Yes. But typically normally on any given day, no people are not this evil. Even in these large corporations, even if they are complete sociopaths, they're not thinking in this particular direction. This evil is cultivated. This is something where people enjoy hurting people type shit. And the karma that comes to them is just, it's so sweet. It's so satisfying. It's a satisfying anime. There's a lot of pain up front, but then you get that satisfaction by the end of it. And that's what it was designed to be. That's what it was meant to be. And that's what it is. And that's what you get. It's very straightforward. There is no major hidden twist to this show, more or less. Like, there's no major twists or turns here. It's very straightforward. Um, There's a few little twists, a little what-the-fuck-is-going-on moments, but mm, realistically, they're not that big, and they're not that detrimental to the overall storyline. Some of them are just kind of a what the fuck were they? What the fuck were these characters thinking when they pulled this shit? But with all that being said, that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you for listening. If indeed you still are. Bye.